From property, unit trusts to the hottest stocks, we got you covered. As soon as you think of salary negotiations or salary increases or, you know, requesting that, people feel uncomfortable because I now need to come up to you and show you my worth or why don't you see it for yourself? So <laughs> I, think, I think that's the one side. And on the other side, it is simply because people sometimes underestimate the impact that they have. We've gone from being the new kid on the investment block to owning the block. Owning the block. Owning the block. Welcome to Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications, your cool guide to investing. <laughs> so I want to rewind back to a couple of weeks ago on the Easy Does It podcast with Carly Barnes. She hosted an amazing women's roundtable discussion with S, Tando, Pinky, and Tsekhofazo. And there was something that caught my ear. Never have I ever been too intimidated to ask for a salary increase, even when I know I deserve it. Preach! It was a frank honest, funny, and unscripted conversation about women and the role that money plays in their lives. But there's something that caught my ear. It was a question that Carly had asked. Have you ever been so intimidated to ask for a salary increase? Even when you knew you deserved it. And perhaps if you're brave enough to ask for one, when do you actually have that conversation? How do you even begin to start it off? And that's what I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks. And this is important because if you can get the salary increase, you can save more, you can budget more, you can pay off your debt a whole lot quicker. You might even just want to reward yourself. You know, you've been working so hard and your budget just hasn't allowed. So that increase can do a lot of great things for you. My name is DJ At Large and welcome to the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide to investing. Today's episode will give you a plan on how to begin and negotiate a salary increase with your boss. So I searched far and wide to find the perfect person to have this conversation with us to help us. Her name is Anya van Beek, an international executive coach. You, you heard that right, international. She's a speaker, a trainer, a published author with more than 20 years of experience helping to enhance the performance of individual executives, teams, and organizations. Anya, welcome to the Easy Does It podcast and thank you so much for your time. Oh, what a lovely introduction. Thank you for those kind words. I'm so excited to be here and share a few insights with you about salary negotiations and yeah, just asking for a raise. Ooh, it's such it's such a tricky one. Yeah. But before we get into the conversation, I'm, I'm just curious to know, right? Anya, if your money could speak, what do you think it would say about you? My money would say that I love experiences. Ooh. I believe... Uh, believe in it's not only about saving you do need to save as well but it's about being very purposeful in the type of life that you want to live so I think in the end it's really finding that balance of saving for the harder days as well as being mindfully enjoying life. I'm very curious about the type of work that you do. How would you describe your profession to the ordinary person and how do you even get into this type of profession? So that's the easy one. So I started off my career in being part of an organization that implemented software for HR and payroll systems. Okay. And later on, I had the opportunity to become head of 
HR. And I love that. That was such a lovely uh, part of my career. And about four years ago, I decided I had enough of the corporate world. I now need to focus on being a full-time mom. I'm a mom of four teenagers. And I said goodbye to my corporate career. At that point in time, it was about two months after I left the corporate world, I suddenly realized, "Mm -mm, this is just not going to work. I do need to start something else. And there I started my own coaching and consulting business. So for the every person, everyday person, what am I doing? I help leadership and HR teams create an environment where people love to work. So it's all about building that culture where people feel that they can flourish and that they can thrive. So that's on the one side. And on the other side, I partner with individuals to coach them. And coaching is really about where do you find yourself today? Where do you want to go? What's the route to get there? So all about being ambitious, dreaming big, having big dreams for yourself and supporting you to get there. I can even see the passion. When you, even when you speak, you've got this great smile. You, you clearly love your job, and that's absolutely great. Um, Anya, you, you obviously interact with a whole lot of different people, whether it's bosses, whether it's just regular employees. You know, there's this saying that's almost become like a cliche. People don't leave bad jobs. They leave bad bosses. Mm-hmm. Has that been true in, in your work when you're interacting with people? Yeah, most definitely. That's unfortunately the, the sad part to admit that, yes, even the research can show us that that's the truth. And why do we say that? So when we're recruiting for a new employee, what do we do? We put our best foot forward. We tell them about the benefits, the type of organization. And then they start at the company. And unfortunately, the relationship that I have with my direct manager impacts that very, very high. So I think what is important for us to note, it's not only the relationship that I have with you, but as my manager, you influence so many other other things. I, I think when I remember, if I remember correctly, they say 77% of the people say I leave my job due to my manager. But the 77% can actually be divided into not sufficient career expectation or career path, not good uh, sufficient salaries. It might be that the environment that I work in can be related to that. So it's not necessarily directly impacted to the individual, but his influence on over the things on the well. exactly. I've also read quite a lot of articles, blogs that claim that millennials and Gen Z in comparison to older generations, our grandparents, we're notorious job hoppers. I actually realized this the other day. My mom was like, I've actually never worked at a corporate job for more than a year. And I was like, actually, I haven't. And she's been working at her place of employment for the last 15 years. Why is this? And, and have you found that it's true that the younger generation just seem to job hop? I mean, what's causing this job hop if, if it is indeed true? Definitely true. And I think it's because um, if you have a look at the younger generation, so let's have a look at Gen Z. They want the flexibility. They want that. They very much focus on their career. And as you said, research show that they're usually in a job for about three years or less. Now, again, I think it's such an important point to note because when you have a CV and people see that you're jobbing around, you need to understand that they might perhaps be a little bit reserved and would like to get some questions or answers to the question, why have you hopped Mm, so much? And I think that is, again, very important for you when you are a job hopper 
to think what's your strategic intent? Okay. What's the reasoning behind moving from the one job to the next? That makes sense because if, for instance, you, you job hop even before a year ends, it almost looks like you're the actual problem yourself. It might be, yeah. Mm. And I think also important is for the older generations and as you said, your mom and I mean, even myself, I was quite for a, for a long um, period of time at one organization. And not to think that someone that's there for a shorter period of time is not loyal because it's not about loyalty. It's really about them living their life. Um, I mean, if you just think of flexibility and us now working in this hybrid way of world or work is that for the millennials and the younger Gen X, it's a lot easier. I mean, they don't want to be at home. They want to be at the beach <laughs> and work or they want to sit in a coffee shop and do their assignments. So for them, it's just naturally, that's what they expect, something totally different oh, than what we do. I know the listeners are itching. They want to hear about salary increases, about negotiations, about how you start this conversation. And I think a great place to start is why do some people generally find it difficult or intimidating to ask for a salary increase? What is it about, about that that makes it so difficult for people? So I was reflecting on that question and I think there might be two reasons. The first one, it's we don't like uncomfortable conversations. And I mean, as soon as you think of salary negotiations or salary increases or, you know, requesting that, people feel uncomfortable because I now need to come up to you and show you my worth. Mm. Or why don't you see it for yourself? So <laughs> I, think, I think that's the one side. And on the other side, it is simply because people sometimes underestimate the impact that they're having. But I think the, the main thing would be it's an uncomfortable situation. It's a high stake issue um, you know that there's lots on the, you know on the table and people feel uncomfortable having that because they want to continue having a good relationship with you and now I'm here begging for some more money and um, yeah there's a way to have that candid conversation in a very respectful manner it, it makes so much sense because now you need to almost validate why you're so valuable to an exactly. organization and I think that can be tricky because you now realize am I really that valuable or not yeah which I think definitely contributes to that for Atepo and Melissa, Sean, who wants to have the conversation, so they've decided that they do want to have the conversation. When do they actually have it? Do they have it at a performance review, at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year? Mm. Like, we're having a coffee break, my boss is there, I'm like, yo, I need an increase. When exactly do you have that conversation? Please allow me to just share a few stats with you just before we get to that question. You know why? It's because I, I sometimes think if people realize how common this fear is. It might perhaps support them in actually having the conversation. So what the research that Payscale has done show us is that about 75% of professionals who ask for the raise mm -hmm. gets it. So I think that's a good stat. That's a good that's a very that's good, a good one. People are getting what they want. So they are getting what they want. And then the unfortunate thing is that when we see the younger generations, millennials or the Gen Zs, they don't actually negotiate salary when it's their first job. So what's bad about that is if you start low, if you know if you don't negotiate the salary for your first job, it will be a ripple effect for the rest of your career. So that's the other thing to take into account to realize don't be one of those people that you know just don't negotiate mm -hmm. um okay so your question was when so i am very mindful to think that performance management seem like or the performance management review mm -hmm. seems like the best place to do it and okay. on the one side it might be so let's consider a few things okay. usually performance reviews people are tense 
I'm tense because you as my manager will rate me. You tense because you need to give me some feedback. So even though it might be seem like the ideal opportunity, it might not necessarily be the right place. But remember, the purpose of the performance review is really telling you what do you need to do differently next year. And we don't necessarily want to bring in salaries so at this. Okay. So, but, but again, I think you need to read the situation. Usually people have a one-on-one meeting, mm-hmm. um, either monthly or at least quarterly with their manager. And I would actually open up the conversation there, testing the ground. Say, you know what, if it's convenient, can we have that conversation? There's something that I would like to share or something that I would like to ask. Because the timing is important. I mean, if you think and reflect of the last year where there has been so much pressure, everyone had to go online and virtual way of work. It might not have been the ideal situation if you just run in and say, I now want a salary increase. So again, when you have your scheduled one-on-one, I would open up the conversation there testing the grounds but it's also about reading the situation as well because i mean you know your boss you know your manager so it's almost read the situation yeah because my assumption would always be that the performance review would be the great time but but then again the performance review isn't about the salary it's about your performance it's about feedback it's about what could you do to become better which makes quite a lot of sense the one thing i'm thinking about anya is the job hoppers right yeah does the amount of time you've been at an organization have a bearing on if you even ask for a salary and how much you ask for a salary. So say I've joined an organization at the beginning of the year. We're now in nine, 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 ten months later. And I'm already at that point. Where I'm like, actually, <laughs> it's now time. <laughs> it's actually now time. Yeah. Does the amount of time you've been at a place have a bearing? Yeah, definitely it does. And usually there's a policy uh-huh. that guides these things. So exactly the example that you've mentioned is usually the case that if I reflect when I was head of HR, someone had to be in the employment for about a year before they're actually being considered for an increase. So let's say you have been there for eight months and it's now salary, the annual salary increase, you will be uh, not receive the increase now, but in about two or three months. And I think that's so important because two to three months later, due to an admin error, someone might forget. Mm -hmm. And that's again why you need to have the courage to talk and say, listen, it's now been a year. Um, Are we going to do a salary (laughs) review or not? (laughs) What's the situation? What's the situation? What's actually going on? Are you going to bump the cheese up or not? So let's say, Anya, I'm brave enough to bring it up with with my manager, with my boss to say, hey, I'd like to have this conversation. We schedule some time. We're sitting down. We're talking about money. Mm. What are some good reasons that an employee can use to justify their request sometimes we hear people saying things like i just feel like i deserve it and i don't think that's a good enough reason so what are some of the things that they could use to almost beef up their reasoning for wanting the money the best would be to show them your impact now if it's a good manager he should be aware of that but an easy way to do that is to think of what are you responsible for what is the type of results that you've achieved and that is the impact that you're having. So let's think of some um, examples. It might be that there's cost saving or it might be that there's a specific client satisfaction that has increased or it might be that you have changed the process in such a time that it's more productive now or the whole team is more productive. So I think when you start, it's important to start factually to say, remember the project that we just finished? We've increased the customer satisfaction rating by 11%. 
or when I was working on this project, we've changed the sequence or the process or the input or whatever it might be. And this is the result. The return on investment for the client was so much bigger. So you need to show them the impact. I also think one needs to be very careful to compare yourself with other team members. Ooh. I think it would be very easy for us to say, I want, you know what colleague X does and what I was doing, just move, stay away from that and rather focus on your own contribution and your own input. So anything that you can start off that's factual to show your input, that's the best place to start. I, I love what you've said at the end because it's leading me on to the next question. The things that you should not be saying yeah. <laughs> as justification. So obviously comparing yourself to a colleague, I mean, you may not know enough about the colleague, perhaps they've got more experience. Um, yeah. You know, there's a whole lot of other things. But what are some things that you should avoid saying yeah. uh, as justification for it? I think feeling I deserve it <laughs> for me is, yeah. is a no-no. But perhaps there's other things as well. Yeah. So again, I think it's just tearing away from personal reasons why you might need that. You know what, my car broke down, I've just moved, I've just married. Things like that would not be appropriate. So um, again, I think keep it professional, keep it to the work. But what's important there is for you to do your homework. So when I come and I ask you for a salary increase, that you know that you've at least done some comparisons. Okay. Doesn't need to be internally, can be external. I mean, there's if you Google, there's a lot of salary surveys with uh, numbers available come with your homework to say you know what I've been in this role for so many years looking at the industry it seems to be paying that can we have a discussion oh, I absolutely love that so let's say we we have the discussion I give him or her my reasons they're all factual great reasons some of them may not even be factual it's just clients giving good feedback as an example and it's declined so yeah. my boss well, for whatever reason says Tempo, you're doing a great job. We love you, but uh, we just can't afford to give you what you want for whatever reason it may be. What should I do next? Yeah. Should I really just be considering actually I need another job or is there another strategy that I can perhaps use to convince them otherwise? Yeah. So again, I think when you ask that question, two things comes to mind. So first of all, I would use this as what can I learn from the situation? Okay. So first of all, high five. You've been courageous. You've owned up. You had the conversation, the courage to have the conversation. So what can I learn from you? It might be that my manager views whatever I've presented in a different way. It might be that I still need to develop in a specific area. Area and that's the reason. It might be that the company is not doing well at this point in time. So what I'm saying is don't take it personally. Rather look at the situation and say, but what can I take away from it? Yes, give yourself a tick because you had the conversation. Mm, I might have positioned this slightly different. I forgot to say that or whatever. But most importantly, walk away knowing that your manager backs you. And if you feel they don't back you, to have that conversation is, I'm sensing that you're hiding or you're not being truthful or there's something underlying here that we don't talk about. So again, ask your manager to have those candid difficult conversations because that's sometimes where we shy away from you know i've sometimes seen um colleagues using the strategy of getting a job offer somewhere else as a way to to actually get the raise so you know i've gone to an interview for another company i've gotten the offer letter and i'm sitting down with it i'm saying but this is what i'm worth this is what they are offering me yeah. is that a strategy that we should consider using yeah. um i mean you, you might be creating some enemies or creating a tense environment if you choose not to leave at the end what have you seen people doing what is your yeah. what are your thoughts so unfortunately i have seen people especially when i was recruiting people using that recruitment process to get an offer on the table they don't 
don't have any intention of leaving their current organization. And that does leave a, you know, bad taste in your mouth. But having said that, let's say it's the first time that me and you as my manager have the conversation about salary increases. And they've asked you now to focus on this. And it's now a few months down the line. It might even be a year down the line. And you still don't see whatever they have promised you. I think it's a tactic that you can use. But be mindful of really wanting to move and not doing it only to blackmail the company. Because I saw a meme once and, and it's unfortunately like that. They say, when we sit in a performance review and I ask for money, it's no, no, no. But let me bring my resignation <laughs> letter. What's the, that's the easiest way to get a raise. And that's unfortunately because that's the way some companies you know, operate. When you come to th with a threat of I'm resigning, but yeah, as you said, it can backfire. It can be that they say, okay, you've wanted to resign. You might go as well ahead. go, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, you can go, it's okay. So I, I, I won't say it's my first strategy, but sometimes, unfortunately, that might be a way for them to see your value. But I would say that's the last resort. And, and I'd love for you to give us, you know, one piece of advice. I mean, you've got so much experience on both sides. So from the HR perspective, from dealing with executives, from dealing with individuals that need coaching. I mean, what's that one piece of advice that um, you have for our listeners, you know, with all your experience, with all your interactions? So I would say know your worth so often. And for me, that's almost a common theme, irrelevant if you're executive, if you're a new newbie in an organization, is people sometimes underestimate their worth. So my piece of advice would be, be true to yourself. You know what you bring to the table. It might not be the right technical experience or the study or whatever they want, but you as an individual know what you bring to the table and sell that. Especially if you're a new, you know, someone applying for the position sell them on who you are what you bring to the table and that's not the qualification and it's not the pieces of paper it's really just be your true self to the organization and your enthusiasm and all those things that you can't really put a monetary value and quantify. to yeah oh, absolutely love it and that's anya van der beek international executive coach speaker trainer a published author giving us a plan and tools to start the salary discussion and negotiation with your boss um anya if if someone wants to book a session with you a consultation they want to interact with you um how could they go about getting in touch with you the easiest would be my email so my email address is hello h-e-l-l-o at anyafanbiak.co.za or they can just have a look at my website and pop me a message i would love to meet them and interact with them Oh man, I absolutely loved this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on to the Easy Desert podcast. I think we actually need to have you for a part two because I suspect when this episode drops, there's going to be other questions that, that come along. But thank you so much for your time, for your effort, for being so positive, for sharing your wealth of experience and knowledge. Oh, thank you for the invitation. It was lovely. Hopefully there will be a session too. Of course. Easy does it. That's how we do. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.